Attention podcast listeners, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, moody bluesmen, racist bigotry, Faustian deals, 1930s era prohibition, insane bank robbers, and Ike. Listener discretion is advised. Early this morning, when you knocked upon my door, early this morning, you knocked upon my door And I said, hello, Satan I believe it's time to go Me and the devil Was walking side by side And I'm going to be my woman until I get satisfied. She said, You don't see why that you would dog me round. I bet you know you ain't doing me right, don't you? You don't see why that you would dog me round. It must be that old evil spirit so deep down in the ground. You may bear my body on the highway side. I don't care where you bear my body when I'm dead and gone. You may bear my body. Ooh, down by the highway side. So my old evil spirit can catch a gray on birth and rough. Episode 169. You may bury my body down by the highway side. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts inventing reviews about kinetically enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, and what's up? Yep, we're back for another fun-filled episode of where we tell you about manga and if it's worth reading or not. As I said, I'm your host, Zan, and, well, you can check out our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, or you can email us any questions or comments or concerns at sparkin.gmail.com or me at zansparkin.com. And this is the first episode we record since Anime Next 2013. Actually, the funny thing is I'm going to be recording a couple of other reviews based on Anime Next and some other stuff going on in the week. So this is going to be the first of many reviews this week. So don't worry, I'll be all over the interwebs talking on Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, talking on, I believe I'm on All Geeks Considered, and I'll be probably talking on Reverse Thieves and or Gamers. We'll be ranting about all the cool shit which happened at Anime Next 2013 and seeing all those crazy guys. It was really cool seeing them. Also, they got to meet Demona, and we attempted our first chance. If you want to hear that, listen to our last episode, which was the con report from Anime Next. We had a lot of fun doing it. It was a lot of fun going to see all you guys who've been at the cons, and I can't wait to see you guys next year. Now, I did promise you guys I was going to tell you what I picked up at Anime Next in this episode, and I'm not going to disappoint you. 
I spent about 150 bucks on lots of manga. I was going to buy some anime too, but the problem was when they're charging more than Best Buy is for anime, you know there's a problem. They said, oh yeah, you could buy this one, it's $24.99. I looked, I was like, I could buy that from Best Buy for $19, and you're saying $24.99 without tax? That's fucking crazy. So, I didn't buy any anime, but I bought lots of manga. And I got some manga from uh, Anime Miz, from Anime Diet, uh, Linda. She was on our Gravitation episode. She gave me a couple of cool things, including Paprika, which I've been meaning to get a hold of since I lost my copy, so I'm happy I got that. I got some also... A couple of doujinshi games and some other stuff, but again, we digress. So what did I pick up? I picked up both volumes of the series I'm reviewing today. Unfortunately, it's incomplete, which sucks because he never finished it. He kind of went crazy after the last episode, but or last issue, but I can understand why, because it's a very intriguing and very what-the-fuck premise. But also picked up some more um, 14 Days in Shonen, the GTO sidequel. happens in between volumes 19 and 20. It took me actually a month to figure that out. I was looking through, when does this take place? Is it when he got shot? When did Onizuka get shot for the third time? He gets shot in 5, then 19, then 23. And I'm like, which one is it? Is it this or this or this? So eventually I figured out what it was, and I'm able to put it in. So now, officially in my manga shelf, I could put Shonen, Shonen Jumi in the beginning, then GTO, then halfway through GTO, I put the 14 Days in Shonen, and then I got the rest of GTO. So it all works out, and it's all even, and I can be happy without my little geeky OCD. Also, besides that, we also picked up some uh, Twin Spica, which was pretty awesome. I'll remember in a minute, my brain's kind of still a little bit fuzzy. Been a long day, I've been working all week to make up for the week I took off for the podcast and for the con itself. But I know you're not here to listen to me rant and rave about these different mangas, because we're going to be reviewing them eventually. I mean, I'm not going to review 14 Days in Shonen until later. Also, I'm not going to be reviewing some other series until later, including Twin Spica. But... We got a manga we're going to review you today because that's what you're here to listen to me talk about manga, type it's worth reading, and what it's about. So, if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 168, I spun that one, that only, the wheel of manga and it dictated on TV that I'd be reviewing a manga, which is very different for a manga. I mean, it's seriously different. It's almost a biography in a really fucked up sort of way. Because... This is the story of an actual person, but while it's kind of a story of an actual person, it's they took an actual person and the myths behind him, and they made some new supernatural biography on him, which works really well. It's an interesting story, it's different, it's very thick, and I mean, I bought both for $10 at the use cheap manga section in Akan, but it's a pretty good topic. So, should I tell you about the person first, or should I tell you about the manga? Well, let's talk about the person first. Now, this manga is actually talking about Robert Johnson. Now, a lot of you may not know who the fuck that is. He was a musician who was born in May 8th, 1911, to August 16th, 1938. That means he was 27 years old when he died. How fucked up is that? That means if I was his agent when I died, that would have been three years ago. But that's kind of scary. He died at a very young age, and he died kind of poor and impoverished. But after he died, they released his 12 albums posthumously, and he suddenly became a superstar, as with most musicians or artists are. You become popular after you die. Not when you're alive. Kind of sucks. And this guy has influenced Eric Clapton, Brian Jones of the Stones, Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac, Jeremy Spencer, Mick Jagger. I mean, he's influenced so many people, it's crazy. Also, there's even a song entitled Robert Johnson on the party album for Alexis Corner. So, this guy's a big deal. But the thing is that Robert Johnson 
what makes him famous? Why is he a famous blues musician? The reason why he's famous is because that one, he died at a young age, and two, according to reports, from his childhood to when he became maybe 16, he could play the harmonica like there was no one's business, but he sucked at guitar. Then, miraculously, suddenly he's amazing. He's the greatest person possible. He is literally just this amazing player who everyone wants. What happened to make this happen? Some people say, oh, maybe he practiced. There's a theory. It's actually a pretty interesting and creepy one if you like supernatural shit. The theory is that he sold his soul to the devil in order to become that good. And that's why he died so young. And that's kind of what this manga is about. So, this manga by Akira Hiromoto was released over here by Del Rey slash Kodansha. It's a Senen series, obviously, because there's a lot of fucked up things which we're going to get into in a moment. Came out 2005 to 2006. There's four volumes. Over here was released in two complete bound editions. And the sucky thing is that it ends on a cliffhanger of him saying, wait for volume three, or issue five, which never happened. He never finished it. It's kind of weird. Maybe he's looking for more inspiration. Maybe someone said, this is a bad idea. Maybe you should stop this. We don't know. But it's a historical, supernatural, psychological, drama, historical music series. And what's the name of this manga? It's Ore to Akuma no Blues, or Me and the Devil Blues. So since I talked about the man, let's talk about the manga, shall we? So, pretty much the premise is this. Legend has it that if you take your guitar and stand at a crossroads at the witching hour, the devil will appear. He'll grab your instrument, play a song, and hand it back to you. You'll walk away an expert blues man, but you have to pay the price. Your immortal soul. Now the year is 1929. Now deep in the Mississippi Delta, there's a young man named RJ who dreams of becoming a blues man. RJ is a simple farmer. He lives with his wife, Virginia, and his older sister, Bessie, and her husband, Granville, who pretty much is pussy-whipped, because whenever he tries to raise his voice, she says, Shut the fuck up! And he lives his existence from Sunday to Saturday morning, working the fields of this plantation in the middle of Mississippi, busting his ass off, and trying to earn money for him and his pregnant wife, and to support a family, and just show that he is a good man. But, every Saturday night, his buddy Mitch shows up, and they end up going to the juke joint. He tells his wife it's to learn lullabies for their baby, but it's he wants to be a blues man. He loves talking to all these people like Sun House and all these classic blues musicians. He wants to be the best he can be. He wants to be that blues man who gets lots of fame and fortune. And he doesn't understand the concept of the blues. They ask him, what do you think blues is? He's like, it's music, right? Nope, that's not what blues is. Blues is in the soul. It makes you amazing. It's that pain, that suffering, all that which will bring you to what you are. And he doesn't understand it, and he's a terrible musician. But after the juke joint, every day, he ends up going to church the next day and cleaning his soul. So if you want to think about it like that, he is nice six days of the week, and then that seventh day he sins, and then he washes his sins away. And that's how his life has been. Until one night, he's hanging out with Mitch, and Mitch points out a girl who's checking him out. And even though he's married, he kind of talks to a girl, starts flirting with her, she starts making out with him, and she starts getting ready to have sex with him. And he hears something. Music. And he's like, what the fuck is that? So he ends up leaving this girl who's ready to fuck him to find where this music is. When he finds the music, he just sees an empty guitar in the middle of the juke joint. And meanwhile, the girl's pissed off. She tells her husband. Husband beats the shit out of him. Mitch does nothing. And he's wondering, where this, why, why did this sound from this weird guitar from? He's confused and doesn't understand it. Ends up taking a stroll drunkenly. And he's wondering, maybe I should sell my soul to the devil. I don't know. Maybe it'll be totally worth it. It'll make me amazing. He takes this midnight stroll, and then he starts playing a tune in the middle of actually the shadow of a cross, which makes a cross ways. Kind of cool. But then after that, 
it shows him over the next month and a half, just, you know, dealing with his family, me and this guy named Sun House, and them trying to teach him how to play blues. Suddenly, shows him one night, he's at the juke joint, and he is jamming like there's no tomorrow. And I was like, oh my god, is that RJ? How could he play that good? They were astonished by his new ability to play. They're just shocked by this. That RJ, the guy who is a complete schmuck, is suddenly amazing at this. And they're like, oh, he's so good. And some of the other bluesmen who are there are trying to keep up with him, and they can't. They're just dumbfounded by how good this guy is. And then, who shows up? But Bessie and Granville, brother-in-law and his sister. And they smack him, saying, where the hell you been? We thought you were lynched by the man. It's like, what are you talking about? I saw you two days ago. You've been gone six months, RJ. What the hell? And the minute that RJ tries defending himself, his brother-in-law, Granville, smacks him. And as his wife, who usually throughout the entire manga so far has been the one in charge, she tries to raise her voice. He says, shut the hell up, woman. I'm talking. And she just, she cows down. She's so intimidated by this. Because this guy's like, look, I took care of you. I got you a job. And this is how you pay us? You leave and you disappear with your full dreams of becoming a blues musician? You even lose your wife? He's like, what are you talking about? I lost my wife. Your wife died in childbirth. What are you talking about? It's winter still. She's still got two months. She's seven months pregnant. She's fine. She's fine. Gransville grabs him, takes him outside, and says, it's July. And what happened? What happened to RJ? Where did he learn this amazing ability? Because he's an amazing musician now. Well, we don't really know, but we have a guess. From this point of the manga on, he leaves town because he has nothing left. I mean, his wife, Virginia, and his baby is dead. He's got no reason to stay in Mississippi, so he starts walking off. And as he walks off, he meets this guy who starts talking to him and says, My name's Les. And as he's walking off, his friend Mitch sees him like, Hey, who's RJ walking with? And other people are saying, He ain't walking with nobody. It's all him all alone. Creepy, right? From this point on, it goes into the secondary main character of this manga, which is a guy named Clyde Barrows. And he is a very interesting individual. He's a sociopath, he's a murderer, he's a thief, and he's pining over the loss of his girlfriend, Bonnie. Yep, it's the eponymous Clyde from Bonnie and Clyde. And he hooks up with RJ, and they end up palling around. And here's where the manga kind of starts to decline, because you're interested in RJ's story. He's interesting, he's intriguing, he's brilliant, he's pretty cool. Clyde, he's just a sociopath who just does what he does because he feels like it or he wants to do it. And at one point he even threatens RJ because RJ won't play a song for him. But then the next minute he's laughing like a lunatic. So we don't get it. I mean, the manga ends in a very interesting spot, the first volume anyway. It ends up where they've ended up in this town, which is completely crazy, and they're treating a certain event like it's a carnival, like something happens once in a blue moon. And RJ wakes up in a prison cell, finding out he's going to be lynched in three days. So, it's a pretty intriguing and in-depth manga. Now, the good thing about it is it's drawn in a style which I've never really seen in a manga in a long time. And how am I talking about? Every character, except for one panel, is drawn... Like they're Americans, like they're you know, African-American and Irish-Americans, and they're not drawn like they're Japanese. It's done very creatively, and I have to admit, it's a nice draw. I mean, there are some very psychedelic scenes which seem like something out of Picasso or, dare I say, No Longer Human, where it's that kind of creepy drawing, but it fits with the subject at hand, which is about a guy who sold his soul to the devil and he's trying to come to terms with it. I mean, the other thing which I didn't really mention is the fact 
that RJ discovers that as he's moving along, he notices that his right hand has ten fingers on it. How fucking creepy is that? He has ten fingers on his right hand. He has no idea why, but that's why he plays amazingly. We can assume that's the hand of the devil. We don't know. But, suffice to say, it is pretty psychedelic to see this image. Actually, I'm going to post the image of the fingers on website itself, so you can check it out at spirekin.com and see what it looks like. But it's really creepy. I have to say, it's an intriguing manga. Besides the art style, the story is really well done, even though it is very fucking racist. But it's set up for the times. It's 1920s in the South. I mean, you can expect they're going to drop the N-bomb a couple times. They're going to say very crude things. They're going to talk about lynching a man. There's other really creepy moments, including a man who possibly is a pedophilic murderer who runs a town. There's a town which is obsessed with prohibition. Like, if you ask for beer, they'll kill you. And it's an interesting read. It's a little bit dark. And it's got two essays in the back, which are about Robert Johnson and how Akira Hirimoto discovered him. So, that's a plus. And also, these are pretty thick mangas. I mean, I bought them for five bucks at the con, a piece, and that's not bad. For 531 pages, plus all the creepy shit, I think it's worth it. It really is. So, is there anything else we really talk about with this manga? Well, I mean, I talked about the story a little bit, talked about some of the other aspects, the events, the creepy imagery. The tone is a little bit... It's dark. What do you expect? It's about a guy who loses his wife and all the shit which happens to him. I mean, there's lynching involved. There's dogs that eat people. There's people who get shot in the head. People get beaten to death because they're black. You have Les, who is very interesting, because half the time Les shows up and he's like, Yeah, RJ. You know, uh, and RJ will tell Les, you, you damn me to this. He's like, I didn't damn you. I'm your friend. You just asked for a favor. You just asked for something and you got what you wanted. I didn't do anything bad. You asked for this. And the thing is, it's true. He did ask for it. He has to be the best blues musician. And the only way you can learn blues is to have the blues. You gotta have some tragedy in your life, apparently. So, I mean, what else can I say about this manga? But, um, you're interested in something with a little bit of culture and history and a little bit of, uh, that weird supernaturalism? Mean the Devil Blues is a pretty good manga to read for that. You can find it at bookstores, though, or you can find it on Amazon or BarnesandNobles.com. I'm gonna have to give this manga a borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered Pocky. It's really cool, it's really inventive. Art style is great. The characters are very compelling. And the story is, for the most part, it's really interesting. The first half, anyway. Because the first volume is setting up the story and it gets really good. And then once Clyde joins in, then it really starts to slow down. It becomes kind of more Clyde story. Meanwhile, RJ is stuck in a cell, debating with the devil. And eventually it leads to one of the stereotypes about Robert Johnson. It slows down, but it's still an interesting read. And since it is a more adult read, it gets an extra point in my book. Now, if you're a kid, you're not going to like this. If you're under the age of 18, you're not going to like this. Also, because of the racial stereotypes we talked about earlier, all the rants and ravings, this manga is a little bit difficult to read if you are sensitive to that. So you have to take that into consideration. So it's pretty cool. It's different. And to be honest with you, it's a pretty rad read and also makes you want to listen to some of his music. It is worth it. I will say that. It's a lot of fun. And to top it off, I will say this. It's just one of these books where you look at it and it's a nice bookshelf book. It's got a nice cover stock to it and it's very different. 
Check it out if you have a chance. If you buy it on Amazon for cheap, go for it. It's going to be worth it. I guarantee you'll enjoy it or you'll find it intriguing. So, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrokin.com. You can email us, spyrokin at gmail.com. Me at zanspyrokin.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on MySpace. We're on Bebo. We're on Tumblr. And supposedly we're going to be opening up some other accounts, but again, that's neither here nor there. Oh, and check out our Amazon store, amazon.com forward slash shops forward slash spyrokin to buy any of our earlier mangas so you too can read some of the stuff we've reviewed or watch any movies we reviewed in the movie review. So I guess that part is what I'm waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Damn, that was long. Either way, for those who don't know, the Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. What we've done is we've assigned a manga to each of the 10 slots. And what we're going to do is we're going to spin this one, this only, this Wheel of Manga. Whenever no more lands, and that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 170. Yes, we finally hit 170. It's only been a year. Sorry, life has been really rough. But let's spin and see what we're reviewing in the next episode. We've got some great titles going up. Uh, some crazy stuff, including some cooking manga. Some school manga, and surprisingly, some just, well, you'll see. So let's spin to a reviewing. Number 10. So, in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, we're going to be reviewing Bambino. What's it about? Well, you have to find out. It could be about a small Italian plumber who goes to save a princess. It could be about a little baby boy. We'll find out. So, well... Hope you guys enjoy this episode, and uh, like I said, we're going to review Bambino next episode. I've had a lot of fun doing it, and remember, listen to some of the music that this guy did. It's really good. Catch you next time. I'm your host, Zahn, and I am Gonsville. I went to the crossroads, fell down on my knees. I went to the crossroads. You can run.